This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we expect that the component of remote work is going to stay a key ingredient for the foreseeable future. But what does having remote work as an option of a job mean for the diversity of the people who apply for those jobs? David Shu is a management professor here at the Wharton School. He, along with his colleague, uh, Sonny Tamby of Wharton, take a deeper dive into this question in a new paper they have completed. David, great to have you with us. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you, Dan. Thank you. I guess let's start with uh, what was the basis for wanting to look at this specifically uh, in the workforce right now? One of the biggest trends that uh, we've encountered in the future of work is this notion of hybrid or remote work. And, uh, of course, that was forced on us in the pandemic, but one of the big managerial decisions going forward is to what extent should we allow this in our workforce? And this is a question that has uh, been tackled in the past, but because of new data and a data partnership uh, with a company called Angel List Talent, they're now rebranded as WellFound, we're able to really take a very deep dive on technology-based firms that were hiring uh, workers, both technical and, uh, and managerial, and we observed both job postings as well as the applicants. And so we could really trace out how uh, job applicants respond to uh, jobs that are posted as remote work. And that, I think, is something new to the table. We were also very curious about the impact of this remote uh, status on overlooked segments of the population, uh, women, underrepresented minorities, particularly in the technology context. These um, individuals uh, really face some obstacles. Uh, they're not as plentiful uh, as men in the workforce, in that particular workforce. And we wanted to investigate the extent to which this more flexible work arrangement might help attract these uh, these individuals to the workforce. And I guess it's also a little bit of a policy question as well as we move forward with this change with remote work in to whatever degree, uh, depending on the company, uh, of what office policy and, and work policy is going to be moving forward. Absolutely. I think this is on the um, top of the minds of many managers as well as uh, employees. They, what we find in our, um, in our work is that really you can decompose the attraction of minorities and women to more flexible arrangements along three really different logics. One is some people want to have more locational flexibility. They don't necessarily want to have to live in the same place that they work. The other is time shifting, right, with hybrid and remote work. You're able to, so long as you get the, the, the work done, right, you're able to kind of have that a uh, little bit more flexibility on the time dimension. That's particularly valuable for women with families, young, uh, young children, as well as URM, who I think historically they've been, had less opportunity for wealth accumulation. And so this locational flexibility allows them to access a broader range of jobs that they may not otherwise be uh, able to if they had to physically come in every single day. And then finally, probably uh, something that's a little bit more unsavory is that these individuals face a little bit 
sometimes a little bit more of a, a difficult work environment, uh, whether that's as a result of maybe um, harassment or unpleasant uh, work environments. And so this is an opportunity for them to not have to confront that on a daily basis. Now, the big downside, I would say, to uh, this arrangement is that it could limit promotion possibilities, right? If you're not coming into the work uh, workplace every day, your boss doesn't see you, that may limit, you may be passed over more easily, even if you're quite capable. And so we really right. uh, take it to the data uh, to really better understand how women and underrepresented minorities respond to job postings that were all of a sudden made remote because of the COVID pandemic. And so we really have very uh, incredible fine-grained data at the daily level on firms that post jobs and all the applicants that respond to those jobs over a five-year time period that spans the pandemic. Is it safe to say then that whether, that there is an aspect of of having remote work as a part of some jobs that whether it's intentional or unintentional, it is meant to, uh, to benefit the employee, the worker uh, who has that job or who is applying for that job uh, to give them, you know, uh, as you said, a little bit of the freedom that maybe they wouldn't have had uh, in prior decades. The mindset has obviously shifted a little bit. Absolutely. And actually, what's interesting is you can quantify, you think about that as another perk, just like your health insurance or your vacation days off, et cetera. Having remote work uh, turns out to be thought of as an amenity or a job benefit for which we could calculate using our data how much you are willing to pay in in some, in some sense, less salary. So say you're offered two jobs. One is you're hosting XM radio, but you have to come in every single day to the Wharton campus. The other is you're able to kind of be in your pajamas at home and really conduct these interviews. Yeah. If you have that flexibility of, of working from home, you're willing to pay, you're willing to give up 7% of your yeah. wages in order to have yeah. that benefit. And that's on average. Um, the other big uh, kind of finding that we have in the paper, which, by the way, is coming out in a peer-reviewed journal called Management Science, is that women, and particularly underrepresented minorities, they really respond. On the order of, for women, 17% increase interest in job postings, controlling for the type of job, everything else, the wage of the job, et cetera, in order to access the same job that's posted as remote. That's for yeah. women, 17% lift in applications. For minorities, underrepresented minorities, it's even more stark. It's something on the order of 30 or 33% increase wow. in interest as evidenced by applying for a technical job. And keep in mind, this is a war for talent in these technology firms, um, even today yeah. in, in, a, you know, in, in this type of environment. And so that is actually a pretty significant, we think, um, increase in the level of interest by these uh, by these individuals. It becomes that much more important, I guess, because as I, I kind of alluded to at the top, it feels like we're going to have an element of remote work kind of in our culture for the foreseeable future, correct? Yeah, I think that what the data has shown is that even, be, let's just kind of back up and note that even before the pandemic, there was um, 
telecommuting, you know, remote work. Sure. And the infrastructure was, was there. It wasn't pervasive. We didn't have the norms. And, of course, we, uh, we all were exposed to that during the pandemic. But in the aftermath of the pandemic, uh, it is still quite considerable in terms of and, – and remember, these are jobs that could either be done in person or remote. It's unlike other jobs that are you – you're required. You can't treat the patient. You can't uh, you know, pick up the garbage, et cetera, unless you are in, uh, physically present. These are jobs that all could be done remotely. And so it's a policy decision, a managerial policy decision. Should we allow that? And, of course, the factors that go into that are things like, well, will our employees be as productive? Will they be as attentive? Will we uh, build this esprit uh, decor uh, and the culture that we want inside our organization? And so what's interesting here is that from the employer perspective, it's also in some cases it, it's an important decision. But on the employee perspective – the, I think the, the big elements here are, yes, it gives me more flexibility, but what are some of the costs in terms of promotion prospects? And so future work, not just by us, but other research teams out there, are looking at for a remote workforce, are there interventions that we could do so that this aspect of promotion prospect is uh, kind of built in to yeah. uh, the package of conducting remote work. And that might take the form of more structured interactions with the boss uh, because you're not able to have those more random encounters uh, right. you know, at, the, at, the, at, the coffee, uh, at the coffee house or in, inside the, the corporate cafeteria, et cetera. And so we think that there's going to be a lot of real-world importance as companies really – try to think through what is their policy going to be? Is it going to be equitable? Uh, how do we encourage the, the right uh, behavior and balance it against the needs and wants of the employees as well? So do you think that we're kind of still in a time of transition in and around remote work and, and what it's going to mean for the labor force in general uh, because some of these policies, some of these ideas are still kind of in, in the development stage? No, absolutely. I think that I predict we're going to see a lot of experimentation. There's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. We've already seen lots of, of um, experimentation along those lines in technology firms in terms of what kind of pattern to uh, allow in, in the kind of hybrid uh, option or some. Uh, one, one, just to illustrate this, one area of difficulty is in a, in a larger organization, you have different functions, and maybe some of those functions need to operate more in person versus it's okay to be remote. And how is that adjudicated within the organization in terms of policy without there being a lot of um, unevenness in terms of those policies yeah. uh, for for the workforce. Great to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Looking forward to talking again with you down the road uh, over the course of the year. Thank you, Dan. Take care. David Shu, who is a management professor here at the Wharton School. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.